do you think these teenagers at this at the, in this parking lot do you think when they were doing drugs and drinking under the age that they were breaking the law breaking the law breaking the law breaking the law i wonder if they were still living after midnight Listeners, welcome to our uh, fourth and uh, final episode of our Rock Docs. We are, listen, this is, we've never asked less from our listeners than a, (laughs) essentially, a 17-minute movie. That's, but we're, that's easily available on YouTube, Daily Motion, whatever. Yeah, we're, we're yeah, like the DVD be. company that wants to sell you like the half-hour Grinch special. So we're like, oh, let's throw a couple. Uh, we'll, we'll throw a couple Doctor Seuss cartoons that you didn't really like on yeah. the DVD too, to make it feel like you got a deal. Yes, oh, <laughs> a lot of lot of space left on this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're mainly going to talk about Heavy Metal Parking Lot, which is a 17-minute short that was made in the 80s but uh to sort of like add more to this these filmmakers did do two other parking lot movies which we're also going to talk about each one shorter than the other um smart on their part attention (laughs) attention spans go down as you age that's true that's true so um i guess i didn't even introduce myself i'm rob joined as always my good friends joe and duff jodas priest uh (laughs) not a teen right here (laughs) Um, God, did I even say the name of the show? Did I do any of the stuff I was supposed to do? I mean, they can, it's on their phone right now. They're That's looking true. at yeah. it. They can see it. Some, okay. Somehow, d- besides every search engine working against them, they found the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, um, I mean, let's let's dive into, like, what – let's start with Heavy Metal Parking Lot. I think we're going to spend probably the most of our time on this one. Um, heavy Metal Parking Lot is uh, – Famously, I guess a a uh, uh, back in the eighties, these two guys who worked in like a, a you know like a k- k- local TV station decided to take the the equipment down to the uh, local arena and to just uh, shoot some footage of them interviewing some uh, some young fans waiting uh, in the parking lot to see Judas Priest and Dokken. and Dokken. <laughs> and Dokken. I yes. And so we've there's no there's really no story here. This is just a artifact this, in this, time. This is guerrilla filmmaking. It's cinema verite. It's just <laughs> two dudes grab some equipment and go to the uh, what arena is it in Michigan? Maryland. Oh, Maryland. Maryland. Sorry, yeah. Maryland. Yep. Come on, Duff. Don't no, what, don't, don't put these people onto the Midwest tally of of, <laughs> <laughs> of degenerates. Okay, they're at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland, May thirty first, nineteen eighty six. Sunday, Sunday. I don't know if it was Sunday. Seems like it should. It could have been. Uh, I don't think the people in this documentary needed to worry too much about what day of the week it was. No, as long as it wasn't a what, school day. What really. per- what percentage of these people had work the next day? <laughs> I don't know. So we essentially watch these, I would say, teenagers through early 20s, um, mostly men, but also women, uh, excitement about Judas Priest. I would say a three to one split, men to women. It's a tailgate. It's it's a tailgate. It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but none of them know how to operate a grill, nor should they be operating a grill. No one's eating food. <laughs> and appara- apparently this this documentary was funded by Budweiser, because that's all anyone is drinking. I think that's like all anyone drinks outside of where we live. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder that too. Because when- we live, we're weird. I don't know. I guess I don't know if people drink Miller up in Minnesota, but I mean, oh, Wisconsin it's- is Miller country. So I would say even more fascinating than this than this movie is how this movie becomes something that we're talking about in 2020. Well, it's just, it's, it's inherently fascinating to watch people that are super messed up and really excited. Yeah. But like I, when I guess you walk what, through a parking lot before a game and everyone's just lit up and yelling and stuff, like it's, it's very, it's I don't know. It's energizing. Yeah. So I, I, I think that the distance of this movie is what hurts it the most because and I mean we sound like dinosaurs and we're not even 40 but it's so weird to think of a time where you would be lucky if you could see 30 seconds of footage like this on the news or something like this was YouTube before YouTube and like people traded tapes of this like have you seen heavy metal parking lot and like they would people would make dubs of it and mail it to one another. And so, and, and, and that's why I meant is fascinating is this, this thing like, you know, went nowhere after they made it and went nowhere. It's not like, you know, they screened it locally at something and then that was yeah, it. No festivals or anything. Yeah. This was in you know, 1988, 89, no one's seen this. Um, even 90 probably. And then, you know, just, just because of luck and people who know people and just the right connection, this this tape ends up like dubs of it end up eventually making their way to a west the west coast through a friend and then eventually like nirvana sees it and then like nirvana when they're at the height of their you know of of their you know speaking of last week's uh movie we talked about like nirvana's at its height grunge's at its height and these bands are just exchanging these tapes as duffs as youtube before youtube and this was like one of the tapes that gets exchanged. And I guess that's what I mean is fascinating is like, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, this movie gets this, you know, this footage is recorded and nothing ever happens out of it. Yeah. It's insane that we're still talking about it. And it's weird that it became that this was the tape where someone's weird, but kind of cool older brother would show you. It's like, Hey, I got this tape from a guy from, from the back of a magazine. And like, they would pop this on and just, Again, like there was nowhere else where you could see this kind of like raw idiocy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I kind of wonder like what are the other like popular videos that were passed on? I could think of Winnebago Man. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. was out there, if you've never seen Winnebago Man, that is just can you, unbelievable. Can you do us a kindness? <laughs> and uh... <laughs> can can you do me a kindness? Uh, <laughs> I also kind of wonder, and maybe this is just because, like, I had an older cousin who showed it to me way too young, but, like, I feel like Faces of Death would have been Oh, yes. Faces of Death was, that's another one where it's, like, some kind of semi-dangerous guy you knew showed it to you. Yep. Hey, I never you, saw you seen it. Faces of Death? Never saw it. Just people dying, and Joe. Al- and I also, thought it was all fake. It turned I- out to be, like, a combination of fake and, uh... Exact, like they just get clips from news, like B roll or something. Okay. Yeah, end up being pretty exaggerated. Although I will say, um, and you know, 
we've talked before on this about how like our timing of stuff doesn't really make sense. But I do feel like a, a moment in my life happened that stuck with me is when I was at a friend's house and we would watch like David Letterman. And then after David Letterman, we would watch um, Conan. And I remember he played uh, Muppet Faces of Death. I rem- yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Those I don't so know funny. if there was a more impressionable 90 seconds of like comedy I've ever seen in my life than how much and how like just how much I laughed during Muppet Faces of Death <laughs> and just how dark it was. And I was just like, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah it was really funny. Uh so, I, I'm amazed. You I have forgot. a couple other tapes, by the way, that get spread around. I I was gonna bring one up. Uh, okay. One one is uh, uh, hold on, I just grabbed it. Is uh, Steve Vai girlfriend? Oh, uh, the name yeah. rings a bell. I know but, I've seen it. Remind me what that. What is. so? <laughs> so Steve Vai. Steve the, Vai is one of those dudes where he's like he's a guitarist, guitarist, and like. He's so famous, boring. yeah. And I, it's just, <laughs> I listen to him. It's just some dude doing scales, like oh. Um. <laughs> so anyway, but he's he's like moderately famous and he's respected. But in the eighties, uh, someone sent a video to his record company, and it's this like crazy coked out woman talking about how much she loves him, and she's laying on the bed with a guitar, and. Uh, I know Rob doesn't like to get the explicit <laughs> warning um, tapped on to end this, but uh, I haven't seen it. I've seen I've seen like the acceptable parts that could air on like a documentary, but uh, she blows out a candle somehow. Let's just. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez! <laughs> oh, I bet you that got passed around. And yeah, that was another thing where, and to his, to his credit, as far as I know, Steve Vai did not uh, make the light cop. the candle. He he did not light that fire, um, <laughs> but someone at the they it came to the record company, and who knows who it was. But this was another thing that got passed around. It's like, hey, have you seen this video? Of this chick who r- really loves Steve Vai. God. Oh, what was the one you were going to mention, Joe? I was thinking, I had two. One was okay. like uh, video t- video dating. Where, uh, oh, those t- yes. Yeah. Those are great. Um, and you can find those on YouTube. Uh, uh, probably all of these, except maybe the Steve I one, you can probably watch on YouTube. Um, and the other one was the Camp Kill Yourself videos that eventually sort of morphed into Jackass. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that that was spread around a VHS tape because when they were made, that had to have been before uh, tubing, tubes, you know, viewing tubing. And such. Tubing. Tubing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the driver went down the river with my friends. Yeah. The other the other one that I can't believe none of us thought of is uh, the Star Wars holiday special. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which for yeah. years, until someone finally uploaded it to YouTube, was just famously like you had to know someone. And, and related to what you said, Joe, about jackasses, I'm pretty sure that that like world of like skating and tapes also had like a lot of overlap yeah. on these two yeah. things too. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so so okay, so that's that's heavy metal parking lot. We can jump back into, but I want to explain the other ones real quick. Um, there's that one, and then ten years later, the same the same dudes decided to try this again, uh, and they went to the same arena. Ten years later. <laughs> 
to watch to interview fans of Neil Diamond going to go see a Neil Diamond show. Uh, different demographic. It's, yeah. It, <laughs> it feels it's 10 years apart, but it feels like a lifetime has passed. Yeah, it yeah, it is it is which is which is just interesting also because well, most just... of those fans' lives are flashing before their eyes uh before they go to the show. <laughs> so I the one thing that really hit me is and part of this might be because they didn't go to the gates in uh, the first one in heavy metal, but heavy metal parking lot, there's like no security, there's nothing. It's just like they drive in, everyone is just sitting around drinking, and just 10 years later is kind of the corporate concert experience that we're familiar with, where you have to uh, pay yeah. you have to pay for a parking ticket, and there's designated yeah. slots, and there's like an announcer like, there's no smoking, and the blah, 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 and, and like, it's just such a world away from heavy metal parking lot, which is just like just a giant concrete slab like here you go losers enjoy your show yeah yeah that's actually that's a really fascinating point i didn't point. think about that but you're totally right <laughs> like once you get in whatever man just like be fine with the show like, starting like think of because there, are you know this is a big show like how how close could you get to like miller park on a game day if you didn't have a ticket you couldn't i mean yeah. you could do quite a ways yeah so but like here like there's no sign of any sec- there's the one security guard at the end he's kind of like yeah these people are weirdos man like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah they interview that jamaican guy who yeah. i think is a, I don't, he might not be security but he works for the arena yeah, he's yeah. Like, oh i've never seen anything I I, I I never saw anything like this till i came here <laughs> and and it just to i might be getting totally off track already but just to me that was the starkest difference because it was two big name acts like in the mid 80s judas priest was huge neil diamond is obviously huge yeah and, and just a world of difference and <laughs> and the latter is significantly more safe oh yeah well <laughs> yeah. it's reversed yeah. in terms yeah. of like which one i mean more needed, people you know? may have died at the neil diamond <laughs> show yes <laughs> the, 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 the the greatest the, the greatest threat uh in uh, at the Neil Diamond show was like God's c- clock ticking down and calling people home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. That, it's that they didn't, they didn't have enough signs about steps here or something. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's wild how that silver alerts was the biggest threat. Just that cor- the, the needles box uh, spilled <laughs> that corporatization of everything just happened so quickly. Like even in the eighties, there was still kind of a, oh, we're making this up as we go along feel, like even for a huge rock show. And then 10 years later, it's such a product, and it's so slick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and then the final one, which I'm guessing we have the least amount to say, but we'll see, is um, Harry Potter parking lot, which doesn't really fit the theme of this because it's like at a bookstore nearby, and it's just... Uh, it's mainly on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, it's on the sidewalk, and it's just like kids excited about a book. I Which... was so, I was so bummed when I watched it because I was so excited to make fun of adult nerds. Yeah, I assumed not... that that's what I was going to focus on. That's like, uh, oh, just, just a bunch of little kids. Yeah, this I think this was before uh, adults started muscling in on stuff kids should like, and that's not a slam on Harry Potter. That's just kind of a in general fan. Well, I'll slam on it plenty later. But they, <laughs> they they did show one like weird dude in like a wizard costume, so I got my a little bit of my fix. But yeah. let's start with the easy question here. Which of these parking lots or 
as Duff mentioned, sidewalks, <laughs> uh, would you best fit in? And I'm going to say, saying now or just like uh, now? Now, okay. Uh, it doesn't matter because my answer for the same is both. Like, I want to be cool and say Judas Priest, but I know it's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hang out with a bunch of 10-year-olds? I'm not. No, I'm saying like where I thought the question was where would you fit in more? More the the scene is what I, I think I meant. Yeah, like I, it, I feel like I would find more of my people <laughs> at the Harry Potter thing. I think you would get along just fine with the Judas Priest fans. I think no, I would. I think I, I, know. I think I would get a like. I think it would be fun for a little bit, but I, this is someone who never had a beer until they were eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> also, like right now, you'd walk in and, and like within about seven minutes, you'd be like, "I don't. I shouldn't be here." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now, for sure. Well, I will say all the like heavy metal bands like I've been to, there was wide ranging uh, ages of audiences and they were all very accepting. I I will say that the one concert where I got the, oh, man, you shouldn't be here. You're too young or whatever. was when I saw R.E.M. So F that dude. What? I thought you were gonna say Lilith Fair. No, <laughs> at was, an REM show. It was when? Uh, the year two thousand or ninety nine. REM played an outdoor show at our local uh, St. Paul Saints uh, minor league ball team. Opener mm-hmm. was Wilco before like Wilco. This is like Summer Teeth era Wilco. Wow, what a so, show! Wow, yeah, yeah. So like me and my friends went, and like we were just standing around. This it was some dude who was like mad because. He was listening back in like you know, rumors or not rumors, murmurs. <laughs> rumors. That would be awesome. Uh, because he's been like, look at all these kids. Murmur, know. did you mean? Yeah. Don't know okay. about murmur. And it's like, shut up, dude. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, so, that, in 1999, you're still carrying that grudge. Yeah. Like they had, they had gone major label for over a decade. They, they had been the biggest band in the world for a two or three year stint there. Also, like, this is actually a pretty good segue into what I think is a huge difference, because I think a lot of what we want to talk about is fandom. Um, fandom just used to be something you liked a lot, and now fandom is something you know a lot about, and I think those things are often independent of each other. Yeah. So, so like, um, you know, everyone who's at the Judas Priest show just wants... And you actually see this through these three documentaries. We would Judas Priest just, like just want to hear judas priest they, they just, just want, want to party go, like they, this one they're yeah. explicitly they explicitly state it yeah we're here to party i mean and yeah. listen to judas priest and 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 by the way there's nothing wrong with that yeah there's one person who famously yells about how metallica rules and it turned out they thought they were going to see metallica <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't that's cool i remember they, yelling that but I didn't they know that about it. they just wanted to have some good times and then you move on to um Neil Diamond to Neil Diamond and even then like it's a lot of like people talking about their collections right well this is I've 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 this many records I've gone to this many Neil Diamond it opens up with yeah them saying how many times they've seen him um and then now like the kids they're kids they are excited about a book and listen I'm never going to stop a child being excited about a book um and reading but like unless it's Mein Kampf then then that's (laughs) well okay (laughs) yes I'm just glad someone's reading a book that's not like yeah. that's not Jordan Peterson or something. Um, but even that, like you know, it's a lot about like, and you know, well, I'm sure we'll get to like which one's your favorite? How much have you memorized? Yeah, yeah, it turns into like how much do you know? How well do you yeah. know this? And I think that's like a one of the big changes in fandom that have happened in that. Why do you think stuff. that happened? 
Uh, why or when? Why? I, I think the internet has a lot to do yeah, with it. Yeah, the internet really opened the floodgates for nerd knowledge. Like, I agree with you, but just for the sake of debate, and also because I don't know, like, what is it about the internet that made it like that? You know? Well, you could find out so much... Tri- it, it used to be that you had, you know, the whole concept of gatekeepers that you would, like... We were talking about, like, the dude who had those VHS tapes or mm-hmm. the dude who had HBO or MTV. Or you needed money. Or you needed money or you need an older sibling to take you or something. And I think that in those days, like, ever, like more people were in the same playing field and there were these kind of gatekeepers. And the Internet just opens the flood zone to IMDb or whatever. And people all of a sudden it's like oh i need i need to be better than someone i need to prove like that i'm top nerd or something yeah yeah and i i mean listen i'm guilty of it too i remember in, in freshman year in college um a friend of the show uh rob uh i was becoming friends with him and he was like a big beatles fan and then i asked him like <laughs> what beatles cds he owned and he named like three of them and i was like oh big fan yeah it's <laughs> This is yeah, also which, this is look. also and I think your point is really good Rob because it also begins the era of the fake fan accusation which yeah. shockingly always is leveled at women. <laughs> yeah. Often and and you and REM show. Yeah, and and me and REM show. <laughs> okay, but why but I think that that this attitude also exists outside the internet and I would cite like the comic book guy from The Simpsons, which oh, that's predates true. the, the internet. So this attitude, like I think nerds are inherently pretty defensive about their interests, and not because I'm obviously not a nerd. Oh, neither, of course not. Neither are you guys. But, no, so, I've so, never even heard. No I'm, one's ever called me a nerd. I, I'm like ogre and <laughs> I crush <laughs> nerds. So this attitude, I guess it just spreads i suppose because everyone can become an obsessive without having to go to the comic book store yeah and without yeah you don't have the gatekeeper so comic book store guy is a gatekeeper he's there all the time so he gets really mad because his power is taken away and yeah he has so he has to call people fake fans or make them prove it and the amount of work he had to do was a lot more than the amount of work the new kid has to do to, to like catch up on all this stuff he can just like subscribe to comicsology and like read entire runs uh, the other thing that would happen, and this happened for a variety of reasons, and a lot of it is corporatization, but like nerd culture went mainstream, and the no one's checking the nerds anymore. We uh, need to we need to beat up nerds again. Yeah, and, and this, I, I believe this sincerely. I I am a lot of today's problems with tech companies and incels and whatnot would have been solved if <laughs> these nerds. If these nerds had been stuffed in a locker and were afraid. Oh, my God. I. Joe, you agree with me. You're on my side. I'm starting to rethink vocalizing that, though. (laughs) No. (laughs) Just uh, these nerds with unchecked power who have never had the the trauma that the three of us endured. (laughs) Let's let's this is kind of. Let's talk about with heavy metal parking lot in here. What can we learn from this, from like just a cultural timestamp of 1986, the heavy metal culture? Okay. Do you guys mind if I start? Because this is what jumped out at me the most. 
is these fans were only about 10 years older than us. Mm-hmm. 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 Right? This was, was this eight, or did you say it was 86? 86. It's 86. So okay, like so 10, they're, they're like, they're, they're, okay, 15, 15 sure. years old, yeah. older than us, or less. And that is a pretty short gap, but we have moved, we have come a long way as a society because it is just remarkable how many things are confessed to casually in that documentary and yeah. and I would imagine at that time wouldn't have been nearly as big of a deal wasn't there an 18 year a guy about to enter the air 20. force he's about he's to 20. Enter, he's about to enter the air force and he's there with a 13 year old yep girl yep me and kisses her yeah it's uh, not <laughs> you know may may I, may may I say another thing that may get us in hot water uh, oh no! <laughs> I'm not gonna say yes because I don't know what you're gonna say. So, and I, I think I texted Rob about this. Uh, that girl does not look 13. <laughs> oh no! Now I'm not saying that in a like you know guy sitting in prison way. <laughs> I, I'm, okay. I'm saying that in a like her haircut made her look 40. <laughs> she she looks I. I cannot believe she is thirteen. That hair is the is the hair of a forty year old suburban wine. Is mom. it because it's like permed? Yes, it's okay. Look, and no one's hair does them any favors in this movie. All right, I'm gonna try to save you here, but I don't know if I'm. I don't be need able saving. To. I'm good. <laughs> well, Rob and I well, might disagree with you there. We don't know if we can do this through prison bars. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my thing with with eighties hair with women. And I'm thinking, I, I notice this a lot when you look at old music videos or like pictures of old pop stars and bands and stuff. Is for some reason to me, these perms give me face blindness. <laughs> and like, I can't tell if if these women are attractive or not. The, the, the giant perms just completely, it just renders me unable to like recognize their facial feature. Does that make sense? I, I just yeah. can't even figure That's it out. And I wonder, if, they, I wonder if the guys perms does the same thing for women. So I, I was going to say, and number one, I don't need saving. My point was perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing I'll say that what I said, it applies to everyone. When those guys are like, yeah, we're 19. We feel older. I'm like, you look 45. You look like you just got done working at the lumber yard or something like you're 19. I think yeah. that what it is is just living, spending enough time in America when there was still leaded gasoline ru- ruined <laughs> the- every- not only their Gen X and Up's brains, but also their skin and bodies. Is it just that we've never had to do manual labor? We got city hands? Is that it? I think I- it's the leaded gasoline. <laughs> there are some, there are some tragic, yeah, tragic looking people in this dock. Um, that said... I also had my own issues in that I felt while I was watching it, and Joe, you were asking, um, you know, or I was saying, which parking lot would you fit in best? Oh, I know at? where you're going with this. Listen, I can't take my. I've, I've never looked good enough to have my shirt off all day like that. <laughs> there are so many dudes that have their shirts off in that, and I'm like, man, everyone must have been doing manual labor. Can yeah. you go into an arena now without a shirt? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. And you know what? Good. You could go to a baseball <laughs> game and take your shirt off. But you can't go into the stadium, can you? I would assume you can. I'm not trying. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, that reminds me of a story. It is very a very comfortable this is, culture. This is the world why we have to have these no shoes, no shirt, no service stuff because of this world that we like forgot about. Here, here here's a here's a teacher fail that I've <laughs> I've done. 
I went to a Brewer game with some friends, and we all took our shirts off as a bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's how it always starts, by the way. Yeah, just we're doing an irony, and I we ended up on the scoreboard, and like ten of my students were at the game and saw me. (laughs) (laughs) And like you can't explain as a man well into your thirties. Well, I was I wasn't well into my thirties at the time. You can't convincingly as the teacher be like, no, I was doing a bit. Why? Well, yeah, that doesn't That's work. That's not going to make it like, hey, no one's going to believe you, especially not a 16-year-old. Like, yeah, okay. You were just kidding. I was. Yeah. Generally, as someone who does a lot of bits, saying I did it because it was a bit has never worked. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you... so um, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that some of the stuff that people said and did unvarnished is what kind of – I find this documentary – this like little 17 minutes fascinating and also funny but there is there is a lot of me watching it now there's a lot of ick for me when i watch it now and i think a lot of it is that sort of like and maybe maybe this is maybe i'm being that guy or maybe this is too far but there's a ton of like totally like you know un unhinged toxic check out my 13 year old girlfriend masculinity and like yelling and screaming and the kind of stuff that you watch this and you're like hmm okay i mean some of our society ills make a little more sense not that i'm blaming heavy metal for this it's always existed but this is like it at its most like it's free to say and do what you want it's watching a bunch of losers (laughs) yeah and also but also the filmmakers interviewed probably 10 times as many people as made it into this movie. So obviously they're picking the biggest characters also. I'm sure, sure. there's a lot of, I'm sure most like, of the crowd were just very nice people. That like were there Zebra Man. The time, you know? Like, <laughs> like Zebra Man. Oh, God. Uh, he's referred to as Zebra Man. He's the guy wearing all Zubas. Yes. What a rant yeah. he who, who, uh He hates punk, he hates Madonna, <laughs> but he loves yeah. James Priest. Um. That, yeah, yeah, what a moving, what a moving speech he gives. <laughs> it's one of those speeches where I feel like he forgot where he was halfway through. Like, yeah, I don't well, know he's hammered, he and he's just yeah. like, "Well, I'll just keep talking." It's like uh, the pills he took from his mom's medicine cabinet kicked in at that. He moment. was lost in the woods. He's like, "Well, if I keep walking, I'll get somewhere eventually." <laughs> um, and then by comparison, we have the Neil Diamond ladies, who I will say their tailgates looked like they had really good food. <laughs> good their snacks. Little, they had their little plates. <laughs> this is hey, this is this is the nineties and this is this is boom times for the boomers. They're all rich. But they're not even boomers, right? No, they're boomers. The, no. I, I think we got a mix between because I that was my inst- first reaction, then I realized like yeah. wow, they were born they, all of them were much might, older than my parents are. You might have some very like some of the youngest, greatest generation here, but I feel like big boomer vibes though like everything about this screams boomer i don't know though they were all very nice and none of them seemed v- very entitled at all to me like i didn't yeah, really get i, boom- they were, they I didn't get boomer like, vibes from them at nice all. Time. I, ju- I just think age wise like neil diamond is a very uh boomer audience thing and maybe i'm biased in this because uh growing up like one of my mom's favorite tapes was the soundtrack to the jazz singer that rem- <laughs> the neil diamond and Neil Diamond remade the jazz singer, which is a choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I remember that cassette, and my mom would listen to it, and it had, that's the one with "Coming to America" and "Love on the Rocks." 
Um, that was when Neil Diamond was just fully into his like Vegas schmaltzy mom loving stage. The um, most memorable, I feel like, part of the doc, uh, the uh, the Neil Diamond one, is when they're like, "Where are all your husbands and boyfriends?" And all <laughs> we like, don't we have don't them. have any. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> they all drank themselves to death already so, from, after yeah. they came home In, from the war. <laughs> I did love, and I feel like this is regardless of your age. Uh, I love the woman who came out and they're like, how was the show? Like too many new songs. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was also like, that, that's every show ever for that, anyone. That woman speaks for, for anyone who's seen an artist that is like more than five to 10 years old. Uh, if you go see a legacy artist, that is, it's like the one thing everyone can agree on. Like, ah, too many new songs. Well, yeah. <laughs> as someone who saw Neil Diamond in probably 2008, 2009, I can confirm that he plays too many new songs. <laughs> Here's the thing. What? And what? There, there's where the listeners are like, what he did what? It was free, why, folks. Why is Neil Diamond disliked so much? I don't dislike Neil Diamond. I mean, I feel like he's often like I mean, he's he's like often a punchline for you know for being you know, just this kind of like I don't I don't even know, he's, like just kind of this he's very he's very lame Vegas, artist. Very Vegasy. Here's the thing. I I've never I've never well, I've never sat down and been like time to listen to this Neil Diamond album. <laughs> well, I've never seen a Neil Diamond album listed on list on albums I should listen to. However, most Neil Diamond songs I've heard, I have enjoyed. Yeah. You know what it is? It, it it's Neil Diamond for like Generation X. It was their bomb's favorite artist. So mm-hmm. it, naturally yeah. you had to hate them. You know what saved Neil Diamond was Saving Silverman. Yeah, I was was glad someone brought that up. So Saving Silverman made it okay to say you like Neil Diamond. And you know what? Neil Diamond, with some big exceptions, is good. And some of his songs are very bad and very corny. But you know what? There's something charming and good about that, too. Yeah. Yeah, Neil Neil Diamond is someone who I think that... At first, like, I hated them because you're supposed to hate Neil Diamond. Yeah. And then ironically liked Neil Diamond, and then it just have come full circle. I'm like, yeah, I like Neil Diamond. <laughs> I have a lot of I, respect for him because he doesn't, well, maybe he needs some money. He has had some divorces, but. He, <laughs> yeah, they mentioned that on the doc. Yeah, that, <laughs> okay, like that was the other thing I thought was so funny. They were all keenly aware that he was single now. <laughs> all uh, these 50 some year old women that were single were keenly aware that Neil Diamond was available. And I thought that was so funny. And I don't think, other than he's famous and talented, he's in no way by any stretch a hunk, right? I guess when he's young, he's he seems like he was fairly I, handsome i don't know i do not i don't think he was like a movie star quality looks like and also he's and, to and, me he seems very average looking in in from like uh i know you mentioned you saw him live joe um but like i recently rewatched the last waltz which you know for all intents and purposes is one of the best live docs ever speaking of too much new stuff <laughs> but he comes on and does dry your eyes he fits in with everything else. I don't think that comes on, and I'm not like, oh, no, Neil Diamond. I'm like, yeah, I like Dry Your Eyes. It's... He loves to perform. Yeah. <laughs> I and mean, that's... genuinely, he loves it. And it is I, – I know that a lot of, you know, it's just another gig, man. 
But I did not believe that after I saw him. And I went into it as jaded as any person our age would be. And me and my friends who went to it went in with the same attitude. And we walked out of there like, what a showman. I've I've seen concert, like I've seen live footage. And it, yeah, it, he, he's, it's more like theater. I came out of it. Okay, I'll put it this way. I still like it. I, I looking back, it's like he must have put some kind of spell on me. He played "Sweet Caroline," which yeah. we never need to hear that song again. <laughs> like the the world would, would benefit if it just was kind of erased from our cultural memory for we, ten years, and then it can come back. Yeah, yeah, I would say we just need to we need to like we need to do like term limits yeah. for songs uh, and what, be like, what? okay, you've had eight years. We're gonna take a break. You can't. You gotta take four off at yeah. least. White people get a new song for the eleven o'clock hour at your wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he played it and and we by this point we were just gobsmacked at how good this show was aside from some of the new stuff but that let us take that let us take a bathroom break yeah one of my friends uh at one point left our seats to go call his wife to tell her how much he loved her he was so moved by this i'm not making this up I'm not making this up. <laughs> so he plays Sweet Caroline, and I'm just like, wow. And the whole, this was at the the Bradley Center. The whole place is singing along. Every, every person in the arena, tens of thousands of people. And he finishes it, and the crowd goes nuts, and he's just like, let's do it again. <laughs> and they, from the beginning, they played Sweet Caroline again. They play, He played it back to back. That, you know, I, I no, cannot believe that I liked it. Nothing but respect for that. That, that is, is how amazing. That's how amazing he was as a performer. Is I never wanted to hear that song again for the rest of my life. And he played it two times in a row. And I, if he, he could have played it a third time, and that would have been fine. <laughs> Remarkable. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's you know the more I think about it. Like Neil Diamond is weird because he started off as as a hit maker. Like he wrote for other people. He was in the yeah. he was in the Brill Building, and he wrote like all these songs for the. Oh, Monk- it's, a, it's incredible how many. He, uh, yeah, he wrote like uh, for the Monkees. He wrote "I'm a Believer," and then like he started doing his solo stuff, and he you know just and his first like ten years like just just legit just pure pop awesomeness and then he slides a lot into adult contemporary and it gets elton john did the same thing right i mean so you get older and you know uh but i will say and again this is something where i started off ironically but then like said effort no i like this is uh america by neil diamond (laughs) a song a song a song where at the end he recites uh the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> like, is there any other artist who could pull that off? Where, I was ready to enlist by where, the end of the, his performance of that song. When you, <laughs> me. And that's that's like the big, like, 
purple rain moment of the jazz singer is like he plays that and it's for like everyone just immediately gets it and this song changes their life is the guy in the detroit tigers hat in that well, crowd too well like if we could have just made all of the trump voters listen to that song they would have stopped hating immigrants yeah right? that i don't i never really read the lyrics but that's it, what it's all about no right? it's all about uh, on the boats and on the planes <laughs> they're coming to america and then, i mean and then two, i like that song too it's good <laughs> and then two-thirds in the song he's like my country tis of thee today <laughs> today like the, the, it's just so sincere and we needed that in it is maybe not so much anymore but there's a stretch here in the 21st century where we'd gotten too cynical and too ironic and i've so, i've said talked about this before on the show but so the answer is we all would be most comfortable at the neil diamond show uh, i could i mean okay yeah. Yes. I. I feel like I'm chameleon-like enough where I would have been fine at the Judas Priest show. I, there's those older guys they interview in that one that are like, yeah, there's a lot of younger people here. Uh, yeah. I would have just hung out with those guys. The, it's it's the inspiration for Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused shows yeah, up. But they weren't like creepy about it. They're just like, well, we they they were clearly there because they just no. loved the music. And, and they they actually felt kind of bad about it. It's like, yeah, man, everyone's getting younger, but we just like we just like the priest. We just like to rock. Yeah. <laughs> I can say, having seen seen Judas Priest twice, most recently three years ago, four years ago, now you'd fit in just fine, Duff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Uh, if uh, if if they were to make another one, they're gonna make it. They're gonna do another park. They're they're adding a, a fourth parking lot movie. Where would they go that they may be able to see you as a fan? Just at your at your purest, like your most like embarrassingly earnest or or embarrassingly porous behave. However you want to interpret this, just like you and your purest fan mode. Which parking lot would you be in? Uh, I had okay, a, so I had a tough time with this one. Really tough I did time. I did too, and I think part of it is, and this isn't. This is going to sound like I'm being the idea of going on this. You can't go outside anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, I've had heavy fandom for many things in my life. And uh, if you were to go back in time at those, you know, like I remember, you know, I remember like when I was younger watching like the Packers lose a game and just being in tears and just totally to like totally lost from the whole thing and so like since that just with a lot of fandom in general i've been able to back off on it and like not let it determine my mood yeah but you still um, get excited about things sure so this is more so, about excitement and i would say i asked some friends this question to try to help me out and uh they were like well it would be me at mandalucha be me at the wrestling event would be me at like my most like pure and i think a lot of that is because like I'm put, you know, you're putting on a show. You're part of the show as a fan in that situation. Yeah, I can see that. So eight people listening know what you're even talking about. Yeah, it's just like a local wrestling thing, and uh, and you know, it's uh, it's fun to 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 get really really into it. So that's that's my answer. So I thought about it, and yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Number one. Fandom is just too much work nowadays. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, exhausting. It's expensive too. It's expensive, yeah. So, <laughs> so it's true. I think if at any point in my life, like I could pinpoint, 
where I would, you know, if I had resources, like it probably at some point, it probably would have been like mystery science theater. Um, (laughs) because they did have like conventions for that, but I was a little too young at the time or I didn't really know about it. So I feel like that in the nineties is probably like the most apt, uh, thing that I could come up with. Uh, the story I have, and I don't, I, I can't believe I didn't think of this earlier is I have a, a, a heavy metal parking lot uh, story. Oh, okay. um, so when I was, let's say like, like 1993 or four into like the late nineties, my favorite band was Aerosmith. Okay. And mainly because at the time, like, Air, like that's what they were pitching at boys. Like, like if you were indoctrinated yeah if you think about it's like oh these dudes rock and look at all these videos with alicia silverstone get a grip (laughs) yeah well there's a cow's udder that's pierced on that oh man (laughs) (laughs) song called pink it's about a vagina yeah so i mean like as as awful as almost all of aerosmith's stuff in the 90s was um it was a big part of my life because it was like the first like rob you talked about metallica like i think aerosmith was the first band for me yeah Um, so now flash forward to like 1998, my friend called me up. He's like, Hey man, Joe Perry and the other guitarists are signing autographs at guitar center. You want to go wait in line? (laughs) Oh no. And you've told me the story. This is great. And, and, uh, me, cause like, that sounds like a cool thing to do. Right. When you're like, when you're like 15, I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do that. Um, I did not go into it remembering that it was October in Minnesota and it was about 25 <laughs> degrees out. We just waited there and somewhere like, oh, actually I still have it. I have an autographed copy of the CD Get a Grip from Joe Perry and the ryth- <laughs> rhythm guitarist for uh, Aerosmith, who, whatever his name is. But all I remember about that day is it was so effing cold and we were out there for like an hour and a half, two hours and you get in there and the, and he signs it and 10 seconds is over. It's like, Oh, that was kind of dumb. Uh, the other thing I remember that still makes me laugh to this day is there was a dude who very well could have been in heavy metal parking lot, the original. Um, I don't know who sings it, but you know, that heavy metal song about a big city nights, the course, big city, big city nights. It was a, very terrible 80s metal song i don't okay um this dude for no reason every once in a while like he was the dude who was there alone and no one was talking to him every once in a while he would just start blaring big titty big titty nights (laughs) (laughs) and i remember it to this day nice wow joe what about you i guess if we're going like historical mode where you would have find me in my my most primal like heavy metal parking lot mode would have been a New Year's Eve Hold Steady show. I'm gonna guess 2010, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, give or take good. a year or two there, plus or minus two years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I I think first of all, there aren't that that like there are many rock bands that are going to inspire that sort of like let's have fun attitude anymore like there there's still a lot of great rock bands but they tend to, to like not exa- either be really depressing or inspire sure. a little bit of a different mood if that I hope that makes sense mm-hmm. but yep. the whole study is just about having a good time 
and I had a good time. About massive nights. So yeah, it was a massive night. So I'm trying to think of me at my most, like at the closest behavior level it was to the guys in heavy metal parking lot was probably that show. And I'm, I'm not proud of it, but I did have a good time. I, I shouldn't mean, say I'm I ashamed guess. of it either. There's nothing wrong with having fun and cutting loose. So, Joe, I want to give you a chance because I know you have takes. <laughs> Harry Potter, um, the the you know this the the doc with the Harry Potter. It's just kids. It's just kids going to go and excited about a book. Oh yeah, which good for them. I don't think any of us are against in any way. Good for them. The problem with Harry Potter fans is all of those kids by now are probably what? How old? Like they're like, oh they're. Oh, they're, adults in the workforce. Yeah. The, the problem with them is they never read they're another 30. book. They never read another book. No, I don't think that's <laughs> well, true the, at all. So now I'm going to critique online. You got to do it, so now I'm going to do it. Oh, uh, okay. Go ahead. So you, we, you need to stop comparing everything to Voldemort and, and everything to Harry Potter. It, that, that, is, like, it, that, that went way too far. That, that was a super like lib thing, and, and not so much now, but like the... 2016 election in the aftermath it's all these like kids are really upset rightfully so or people our age rightfully upset that that trump won and comparing every just comparing everything to harry potter it's like read another book but isn't that to a certain extent what we did with star wars it's just i don't anymore (laughs) i grew up well i I, I stopped doing that a long time ago i'm talking about people our age okay all right that's fair which like those kids are the kids in that documentary are only six years would, younger than us. Yeah, they're probably yeah, yeah late not 80s. even maybe, maybe a little more than that. But yah they're they're late eighties, like, early nineties births. So yeah. I'm talking like by the time in the time period I'm talking about, they're into their thirties. Sure. And I'm just saying like the like comparing everything to Harry Potter is the online thing that annoys me. Read another book. And I'm not saying they didn't literally have never read another book. I'm just saying find another way to, to to speak figuratively about our world and our society. That's what I mean by that. Uh, so I, I will. Here's my here's my quick Harry Potter take. I don't. My son, like I read them to my son. I've read the first. I'm halfway through the fourth book, reading it to him. They're fine. They're they're I, I as an adult before my son was born, I read the first one because I knew adults who liked it. And I remember being like, I don't. It's just about a boy wizard. <laughs> like I thought uh, we've talked about YA earlier, but like a lot of like good YA. It's like something that, you know, a younger audience can read. But there's still themes that exist outside of the text. Harry Potter is about a boy wizard. Yeah, he, who gets to go to like is. this ultra like privileged private school? Well, right, yeah, and, like mean, he's he had he has this. Small I mean, he amount does of, like he does live in a thing. closet, and he's uh, yeah. He when he, when he's with his parents, but no, but he, that well, barely any of it is that I'm, though. His parents were killed when he's a kid. I'm, just no, saying, I'm sorry, his uh, his, his life is absolute aunt and uncle until yeah. the literally the day he goes to Hogwarts. His life is crap, and this For is sure, someone who knows nothing about but what like the bulk of the book. He's in an environment of enormous privilege. My only thing about Harry Potter, I I saw the first movie, and that is more or less it. Uh, I don't have any malice towards it. It just, a couple years younger, a couple years later, I probably would have really gotten into it if the first one came out during those times. But for whatever reason, uh, I'm Harry Potter ignorant. 
uh, I will relay a f- uh, what I think is a funny story. One time I was at work and uh, two people in my department are about, uh, they're at least 30, but they're like five to eight years younger than me. So prime, prime Harry Potter. Prime Potters. Harry Potter. And one, I think this like, in my head, I thought it didn't sound as weird, but I was like, yeah, I feel like I need to brush, like I need to read Harry Potter because I keep seeing crossword clues using Harry Potter and I'd like to know them. <laughs> and they such a tough thing. And they, look, and they just kind of like politely chuckle and someone's like, that's the most adult thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Okay, I guess I think I've been thinking, I think I've articulated it more here. And I, and I really welcome you guys challenging me on this because, especially you, Rob, you know more about Harry Potter than I do. But I, maybe what bugs me about it is Star Wars, those are kids' movies too. Like, like let's be real about it. Like, it's yeah. not – I think adults can enjoy it, and I do enjoy some of them as an adult still. But they're also movies about adults, like, do, like tackling extremely, like, adult challenges. Like Sure. That, I mean, famously – the first Star Wars is supposed to, you know, reference Vietnam and, and Return of the Jedi too. Uh, and we can debate the degree sure. to which one is doing that successfully another time, but 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 it is like you when you know it's meant to be be read or made for with that in mind, you could see it. Absolutely, there's something deeply weird to me about someone, an adult, being super into Harry Potter. I I get like being nostalgically fond of it, but like still loving it. I, I and again I I I hesitate to say because I might just be being really mean and and wrong here, but it just seems deeply weird to me because it's a kids movie about a kid, a kids book. I'm sorry, kids book series about a little kid meant to be read by kids, and the idea of still like referencing it all the time and still loving it when you're like. 40 is super weird to me so i would generally i agree but my retort would be don't you like the muppets a lot but the muppets are like have a really (laughs) hand puppets i I think like muppets take manhattan (laughs) and stuff like that i think has a pretty like some sophisticated humor that only adults would understand (laughs) but i but i think like i think like the muppets are silly i guess that there's a difference between being silly and being like for children and being childish. I, 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 and I really don't get the Harry Potter versus the Muppets thing. Like the Muppets movies are still really, really funny, no matter how old you are. And like Muppet babies is certainly made for like little kids. And I'm not saying that the target audience for the Muppets movies are 40 year olds. Certainly not. But I, I, I think that I personally think that's a stretch to say that, thinking like Muppets take Manhattan or the great Muppet caper is funny when you're our age is the same thing as being like an obsessive Harry Potter fan when you're our age. I I dispute that, but I guess I, that's for the world, the listeners to decide. Who's I think they're that. in the same ballpark. All right, uh, I think fine. maybe we're splitting hairs, but I think honestly, I think, uh, 10 years back from Harry Potter is star Wars. And I think we all reference star Wars more than we <laughs> more more than we're uh more than we should more than we should more than we're willing to say uh and if so if you go 10 years 15 years back from harry potter star wars and if you go 10 15 years back from that it's to a certain extent the muppets 
Um, the difference is that the internet just blasts everything into our brain and we end up hating everything. <laughs> and then you have to know it. And this is the other problem about fandom, as I mentioned about how well you know things. Like, then, you know, like, that's been my issue with, like, the Marvel stuff is, like, you can't just jump into a Marvel movie. It's like, oh, you have to, you know, you have to get these references to all this other stuff. And even, like, you know, like, there's so much fan service in Star Wars and everything else now that it's just, like, oh, it just becomes, stuff, it just man. becomes work. We're like, oh. I didn't pick up that reference, so now I got to figure out what it was or whatever. It's just, it's just work. I think that half of the Marvel movies are very, very fun and good, and then half of them are just like the most, most corporate garbage you can imagine. Like it, I don't. There's a handful of them I might say are great, but there's like a big difference between like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor two or something like that. So, all right. So, what do we learn here? Um, we learned, we've a learned lot that Disney's today. bad because it ruined a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we've learned that you can enjoy Judas Priest and you can enjoy Neil Diamond and you can enjoy Harry Potter and all these things. You can recommend it to your friends, but don't blast it to us all. Yep. <laughs> well, don't have it be part of the culture that we now have to learn about it. And and I really did not realize how good you like. We I, we didn't really even talk about the bona fides of Judas Priest too much. You're gonna be pleasantly surprised by how wonderful a band that is if you really dig in outside of their hits but man i and i duff i we've talked about it so i know you agree with me like they're they made some killer records even they came out with an album just two years ago that is awesome remarkably good yeah um but i I would say uh british steel all-timer Oh all my time, god! All timer hard like, rock like metal. Like maybe album. the best. Uh, if someone said they're the best metal band of all time, I would not get mad. I don't agree, but they're hall of famers for sure. They're they're a metal band who kind of knows how ridiculous everything is, and there's like a lot. We've talked about how with Metallica and a lot of the more like thrash metal and things like that. Like everything's so dour and so it's like yeah. oh, everything sucks. I want to kill myself. And Jews Priest is about. It's about living after midnight, man. And Rob Halford, <laughs> god tier uh, vocalist. Yeah, like, his, his range is incredible. Oh, I will, I will agree with that. I'm not a Judas Priest fan. Just okay, Priest. You don't like to party. <laughs> Sorry, guys. He's in bed before midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Which means we have to end. The, we have to end our our whole show now because you're not a midnight boy anymore. I'd rather listen to Eric Clapton after midnight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, you have to pick one. Either it's either Priest or Clapton. Which Clapton. midnight band are you taking? Oh come on! Clapton. Now I'm mad. Oh my I've... god! Oh, yeah, the... it's not even close. I was just pit stop. 